The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Focusing on anthology horror. Starting with Tales from the Crypt. I'm Camp Counselor Lauren Jewell. And I'm your least favorite Camp Counselor Tish Delano. All right. Hey, what's up? Hey. Happy <laughs> Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. In case you didn't know, we record on Tuesdays after work. Because Mondays are terrible. Mondays Mondays just don't exist. I actually had a phone call with one of our long-term clients today that... Uh, <laughs> Mondays don't need to exist, and nor do Fridays. Agreed. Which, totally agree. I'm so down for the three-day work week. Right? Like, we can all... It, how do you math? Ten? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask that question. <laughs> With our powers combined. Oh, well. Um, I actually have a curiosity with the creep for you before Ooh. we go creeping through that crypt. All right. So, you know the saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Yes. Do I have a creeperosity for you today? Okay. So the Crypt Keeper was created by Kevin Yeager. He mm-hmm. also is the person behind the Chucky doll. Yes. Did you know that the Crypt Keeper has Chucky's eyes? I've heard that a lot because they're very similar. I've heard that they're not like, they're not the eyes pulled from the Chucky doll, but it's the same icy blue as mm-hmm. Brad Dourif's eyes, which is what they, I mean, listen, I'm, I know, I know my Chucky trivia. Hell yeah, you do. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an obsessive fan. <laughs> but yes, I, I've heard that many times. Um, I believe that it's not the, do- it's not the same eyes that are in the doll, but I think I, it is because they took it apart after they did child's play. That's what the internet told me, and I'm going to choose okay. to believe it. Because <laughs> I've heard this many times, and I believe I've heard it straight from like Tom Holland's no. mouth. That- well, <laughs> yeah, we will have to follow up on that. Yeah, I will go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. So, this is season one, episode four Only Sin Deep. So the fourth episode is based off of Haunt of Fear comic number 24, and Sylvia Vane is a woman on a mission, and that mission is to get rich and live the life of luxury. She finds a man to make this happen for her, and all she has to do is let him put some gunk on her face. Yep. Been there, Sylvia, been there. (laughs) No judgment, sister. Ooh, and for that, he will give her $10,000 to help her along that path. Shenanigans ensue, and everybody gets what's coming to them. <laughs> Yay! So this is a nice, uh, this is a nice opening. We have the Crypt Keeper doing some housework. Oh, so lovely. Completing his chores. He's cleaning a little mirror, and he says, mirror, mirror on the wall. And the mirror breaks. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's fine. I still love you, Crypt Keeper. I'll marry you. You are the fearest of them all, after all. <laughs> And then we open to the Only Sin Deep. We see Leah Thompson playing Sylvia Vane, a sex worker, strolling down the street, trying to find a date. Mm, Yes, a short-term date. Yes, a very short-term date. (laughs) Very expensive short-term date. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, She is looking at herself in the mirror, and her sassy friend Raven comes up and basically calls her ass out for being a narcissist. (laughs) I mean, hey, if you have to rely on your looks to make ends meet, I guess that's fine. 
fine. That's true. That's true. And this guy approaches them, keeps saying he wants to be Sylvia's quote unquote manager. manager. Yeah. Pretty sure that was TV code for pimp. I will confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she declines his offer. <laughs> and then she threatens to shoot his dick off. She set a boundary. She did. She did. And she was prepared to enforce it. I dig that, Sylvia. I dig that. But yeah, he's very clearly a very garbage human being. And then she and Raven spot this limo and this rich guy and his gorgeous date get out. And Sylvia wonders, what she got that I ain't got? (laughs) If we we can remake this episode, please be (laughs) Sylvia. I would like to be Trixie, but we haven't met her yet. Yes. And uh, Raven's, I, I, Raven has the best lines in this. Like, her Raven's response is, him. <laughs> yes. Telling it like it is. Raven is super realistic, and I wish she had more airtime. Uh, yes, I would watch the Raven show 100%. <laughs> Not to be confused with, that's so Raven. Completely <laughs> different. Very different show, yes. I, one of my other favorite lines that Raven has is she says, when Sylvia's talking about how she's going to get into this party somehow, and Raven's like, I'm from Missouri, honey. Show me. I was like, yes. I don't know what that means, but I'm from Michigan. So (laughs) can you explain it to me, please? Uh, I believe Missouri is the show me state. No, I have no idea what that means. means. I just know that that's their like state motto. Didn't know the states. Like I have no idea. I live in Michigan also, and I don't know what our state motto is. I I think I used to know what it means or what it is. Uh, Is it road closed? (laughs) It's welcome to Michigan. It's currently construction season. (laughs) You want to be on 75? 75 doesn't want you to be on it. Lord. So Sylvia takes that as a challenge and she's like, okay. And step one is to seduce the manager. So she stands there getting all flirty with him mm. from afar. And eventually they go down this alley and they they start making out. Do people moan when they make out? Is that a thing? Um, I mean, I've had some uh, gentleman friends mm. that did. Yes. I, I like to think it's because I'm so blazing hot. I mean, you just- are. <laughs> I don't even like that term. But like, yeah, you are extremely attractive. So, yeah, you know, I really like Sylvia's idea of foreplay here. Yeah, she pulls a gun out of her purse and she aims it at him. And he's freaking out because he doesn't have a gun, which I don't think makes any sense. I'm pretty sure he would in a realistic expectation. Right. But she specifically aims it at his penis. She told him if she if he touches her again, he was going to shoot his dick off. Yeah, shoot her right off. Right. So she robs him at gunpoint, and he tries to attack her back. She's like, no, 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 no. And she shoots him multiple times. Yes. And says, like I said, strictly business. Mm-hmm. By the way, she's a very... Leah Thompson does not sound like Leah Thompson in this episode. She's a very thick... I think it's... Brooklyn or yeah, something. Yeah, like somewhere like in the New York, it's got a, it's very New York boroughs. Mm. Um and yeah, I can't do that. So as I say her lines and you hear me do random accents, if I stray into like Irish or something, I apologize. <laughs> I cannot do Brooklyn. I cannot do Jersey. <laughs> I've tried 
<laughs> I I can't wait to get further into this episode to hear yeah. you try. I oh. think we'll have a whole bloopers thing about it. <laughs> so now uh, she's very excited to let Raven know that she's now a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, good for Raven. Raven's an independent, uh, sassy woman. I, I don't think Raven's super excited about being independent, though. She's like, <laughs> now shit. <laughs> So Sylvia takes the jewelry that she just took off of the quote-unquote manager into a pawn shop that has an odd amount of artifacts. Have you ever been in a pawn shop? Um, no, but I have watched Pawn Stars, yeah. so... Pawn no. Stars is pretty scripted, so I wouldn't take that as a good example. Yeah. A normal pawn shop, like, it's like guitars mm. they're just like random crap that, you know it's just a lot of random crap from people's houses but yeah there's a lot of like like legitimate looking artifacts in this uh pawn shop it was it struck me as very strange but the pawn shop owner won't take any of it because it's it's too hot hot equals stolen yes. thank you internet <laughs> So during their uh, during their discussion, this old lady walks in and starts screaming and she's swinging her cane around and yelling at the pawn shop owner. And it's very random. But I would like to point out that this woman is credited as the old crone. Oh, yes. I think once um, I would like to know what age do you become an old crone? Because I feel like I'm rapidly approaching it. She I would say she was at least in her 60s. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So the pawn shop owner, like we said, he doesn't want the stuff she brought in. It's too hot, but he makes her another deal. He offers her ten grand for her "quote unquote" beauty. Yes, and ten thousand dollars then is currently twenty one thousand five hundred and thirty six dollars and sixty one cents in the year twenty twenty one. Hot damn! Mm-hmm. So it. Doubles and then some in value. Yes. So hearing that cha-ching, she, uh, she takes him up on that offer. And he makes a mold of her face or her quote-unquote beauty mm-hmm. and tells her she's got four months to come and redeem it or he gets to keep it. Much like everything in a pawn shop works. Right. And I don't mean to do some backtracking here, mm-hmm. but there's some problems with this scene. Yes. So the pawn shop owner, and we don't even know his name by now. Like, it doesn't come up until the last five minutes of the episode. Yeah. and even, ridiculous. And even then, he's credited as, like, pawn shop owner. <laughs> right. So he takes her into the back room, and there's already a couple of red flags. And by yeah. a couple, I mean, like, this entire pawn shop should be one big red flag. It should be a red flag store. Don't, don't go into the back room of a pawn shop where that the pawn shop owner seedy. wants to buy your beauty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So she gets on the table and he's mixing something. Mm-hmm. But when she's laying on the table to like be life casted, it doesn't look legit. No, it does not. <laughs> so I asked Zelda of Sponge SFX to talk to us about how this would really work. So the first thing I noticed is that this shower cap she's wearing is inadequate for life casting a face and I love that her hair is still perfectly styled out in front of the shower cap because you know why put a shower cap over your whole head that would make too much sense typically what you would want here is actually a bald cap because when you life cast someone's face typically you're going to want to go a little bit past their hairline and get more of their forehead so that you have a little more 
room to work, and certainly the cast that he shows at the end is her entire face and neck, so she would have needed to wear a bald cap for that, otherwise you'd just be molding her hair. The other thing that caught my attention is how slowly he's mixing this material. I would assume early 90s, he's probably using the same dental alginate we use now. There are other materials that you can use that typically aren't quite as effective, but it's got a really quick set time. You have to work with this stuff very quickly. Usually it's anywhere between three and eight minutes before it hardens, so you don't have time to be just sort of casually mixing. You gotta, you gotta get it stirred up and go. Uh, and then he pours it directly on her face. I mean, first of all, if it's thin enough that you can pour it, it's too thin. You want to be able to apply it to the face almost like a, like a putty. It should be pliable, but stiff enough that you can move it around with your hands a little bit so that you can get it everywhere you need. Um, and then, of course, with no protection around her nose or anything like that, you're just going to make a mess by pouring a runny liquid on someone's face. So I would have wanted that to be just a little bit thicker. And then, right, like you said, she walks out with a full face of makeup and a perfect head of hair, so I don't know if she had all those things with her uh, and just stepped into his bathroom or something, but you're definitely not going to come out of a life cast with a full face of makeup. Ideally, you would want to remove that beforehand, but if you didn't, then the alginate would certainly remove it for you. Right. <laughs> so one of my biggest takeaways from this scene, like, I get it. I understand why they did everything so quickly. But I was irritated, so that's why I was asking Zelda all these questions. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. There is no fucking way that there was shit all over her face and her makeup stayed intact. And if it did, I want to know what setting spray that was. Right. Yeah, we didn't use a setting spray back then. Was it hairspray? If any? Uh, Powder, like just powder and like water for theatrical makeup. So Sylvia leaves the store with all this cash, but then we go back to the pawn shop and we see the owner is very excited about his new life cast of her face, of her beauty, and he turns around and he is talking to a dead woman. Yes, a rotted corpse. Like, super dead. No coming back from there, sir. She's ditched. Gone. Turns out that's actually his wife, and she died probably shortly after they were married. That's how I'm understanding it. And he says, soon you'll look just like you did before on the day we were married. How? So then we get my favorite moment, which is the uh, Girl Got Paid 80s montage. I love a good montage. I love a great montage. She gets a facial, which we both commented on earlier when we were just talking about this episode before we start recording, how annoying it is that she's getting a facial and she's chewing gum she's and blowing bubbles chews so much gum in this episode she does i, I get it it, ma- it makes her seem not likable yes and, and a little bit you know like a little tree is she but so she gets a facial she gets her nails done her hair done she goes shopping she gets some really cute lingerie pieces uh-huh. might i say did you notice the magazine she's reading is called new woman yeah because she's a new woman. Mm-hmm. She's rich now. But oh, the 80s fashion. Oh, some of that stuff. Like, yeah. But no, that dress that she puts on at the very end of the montage. Oh, yeah. I want that. I want that in my life with, so bad. Yeah, with the matching gloves. It's like a, is it vinyl or satin? I couldn't tell. Like, I thought it was leather. Yeah, I don't know. But it's 
Stunning. So next we cut to Raven, who is outside looking at the fancy building and a limo pulls up and she sees Sylvia get out of the limo and walk up into that swanky rich person apartment building. And Raven's like, what the actual fuck just (laughs) happened? What is she doing over there? She's like, girl, no. So Sylvia walks into this swanky party and she looks around the party full of total douche canoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people are very clearly the stuffy, snobby, boring, rich elite. Oh, so fancy. They only take shits with their pinkies up when they do the toilet wiping. And she, uh, she yes, and she spots a t- her target. There's this really good-looking, very rich-looking blonde guy, Mister GQ, mm-hmm, and he's there with a date. But then he ditches his date to come over and talk to Sylvia. Um, Sylvia, honey, red flag. <laughs> right, you you don't want some dude that has that wandering of an eye. Exactly. Uh, and when Sylvia asked what he told his date, he said, "Oh, I just told her that uh, something came up." Sounds like a cheap sexual innuendo to me. Mm-hmm. And this, their conversation is full of sex puns and innuendos. That is, I think that's technically all this episode is, is sex puns, <laughs> which I kind of appreciate as a pun person. Yes. But yes. when you throw sex into the mix, I don't know anymore. Right. And so he introduces himself as Ronnie Price. And obviously it's his party. And he says Price as in everybody has theirs. And she's Sylvia Vane, like the weather. <laughs> okay, honey. Okay. Oh, sweetie. Oh, precious honey. Um, he tries to kiss her, and she slaps him across the face. Yes, sis. Enforce those boundaries. Require consent. <laughs> yes. Like there is definitely some hardcore flirting happening between the two, but yeah, like you need the permission to kiss somebody, right? And she, like, so Ronnie is pissed that she slapped him. Yes, he's what? like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, uh, and she says that she's just playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. I think. Sylvia really missed her calling in life. I think she should have been a professional dom. Oh, dude, Sylvia would have been a great dom. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say it. Leah Thompson, if you're listening to this, you can step on me. (laughs) Um, Anywho. (laughs) There's there's one more pun or like situation that happens here in this scene. So they're on the elevator together. Uh Uh-huh. And he was like, you didn't tell me why you came. And she says... I haven't yet. I was screaming. Oh, my God. Yeah, this episode has the best dialogue. Like I said, Raven's, every one of Raven's lines is gold. These puns and innuendos are just, it's just pure magic. I love it. And Sylvia tells him, I'm the girl of your dreams. And uh, and they leave together. The scene blacks out. And then the next time, it is four months later, and she is in a luxurious bubble bath Mm. like first off how deep is that tub because you can't see anything and i'm insanely jealous like so comfortable and relaxing i want a big bubble bath please and thank you universe yeah and and then he presents her with the gaudiest piece of chunky 80s jewelry i'm sure it was very expensive oh yes and she's like super excited about it because what girl doesn't like jewelry Mm -hmm. i I don't but well 
Yeah, I, I have to agree. Actually, I I like the simple stuff. Like I don't I don't want big unless it's for a performance, right? And I also enjoyed that you can tell we did a time hop because he's like re-explaining how they met. Yeah, in case you forgot. 30 seconds ago. Right. And she glances at the mirror. You know, she's admiring herself and her new jewelry. And she noticed that she's starting to age. Mmm. Got a little bit of flare up. So she is so preoccupied with her newfound aging that she can't stop looking in the mirror while they're having sex. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. Right. So he's super into it. Like, he is... Having like a whole conversation and just being like, "Oh yeah, there yeah. it is." Yeah, and where yeah, he's, he's taking it to Pound Town. It yeah. is not a town I wish to go to. <laughs> Good day to you, Mister Price. Yeah, and she is so not into it. No, because she's too busy looking at herself in the yeah, mirror. Yeah, exactly. Next morning, they wake up. And she's sitting at her vanity, like, going over all the products she has, trying to figure out, like, why won't this go away? What do I have to do? And he comes over because he's leaving to go to, like, Texas or something. So he's going to be out of the picture for a few days. And he looks at her, like, while she's going through all of her cosmetics. And he's like, you're a knockout. Why do you need all this stuff? (sighs) Listen, don't question my beauty routine. Okay. (laughs) It takes a lot of money and a lot of moisturizer to look this good. She's basically Cassandra. Right? Moisturize me. <sighs> so he takes off and she takes this as an opportunity to get this shit fixed. And off to the dermatologist she goes. The dermatologist gives her a clean bill of health. No cancer. You looked up one of the things he said she ha- that she did not have, correct? Yes. So... Okay, so the doctor is like, you don't have cancer, and it's not acromeglia either. And acromeglia, which I really hope I'm saying this correctly, (laughs) is a hormonal disorder that develops when your pituitary gland produces too much growth hormone during adulthood. When you have too much growth hormone, your bones increase in size in childhood. This leads to increased height and is called gigantic. Gi- gi- Gigantism? Yep, that's the word. There we go. Thank you. But in adulthood, a change of height doesn't occur. That's from the Mayo Clinic. Again, thank you, internet. So wait, her doctor was concerned she was turning into Andre the Giant? I guess. Or uh, <laughs> what was... Was it Big with Robin Williams? Is that the oh, name of the movie? Uh, no, Big is with Han- uh, Tom Hanks. Oh. Uh, you're thinking of Jack. Yes. Yes, the reverse aging. Yeah. Which is so sad. Or, I would, or no, rapid aging. That's right. Rapid aging. Yeah. Not to be confused with Benjamin Button, <laughs> which is apparently a lot more sad. And also adulthood to child. Going down that ADHD rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> so she gets cleared medically, but he says she is aging at an accelerated rate. And as her think back, if she was maybe exposed to anything over the last couple months... And that's the trigger. That's what makes her remember that she fucked up and she was past four months. You done fucked up, Sylvia. You done fucked up. <laughs> so she runs to the pawn shop because she's going to get her beauty back. And he informs her she's a day late. Today, she had until the fourth. Today is the fifth. Yep. So she does what Sylvia does, and she threatens to murder him with a gun. So he makes her a deal. He says that for $100,000, 
she can have her beauty back. Do you think he would really do it? Or did he give her such a high number knowing that she wouldn't be able to come up with it? I think he knew. I think he knew. Mm. He knows what he's doing. He's been about this. He's been about this for quite a few years. Yeah, there were at least like six life casts in the back room that we saw earlier. And that's just what he had on display. Mm. Mm -hmm. After he tells her how much that it's going to cost for him to even consider reversing, there is a police officer that comes in with a cup of Joe. Turns out his name is Joe. (laughs) This officer has a cup of Joe for Joe. And I am not joking, but then Joe takes out what I thought was cough syrup at first. I guess it must have been whiskey, and he spikes their coffees. That's a a man in uniform. Man after my own heart there. So she rushes home. She raids her jewelry box. She starts ransacking the apartment, looking for anything that she can trade in to equal up to this, you know, $100,000 ransom on her beauty. And Ronnie comes home early. Yeah. Uh-oh. Ronnie thought he was going to surprise her. Meanwhile, she's too busy throwing her tantrums, trying to find all that money. Like you said, she's breaking things. She broke a big ass mirror and he's just standing there pretty calm watching some random woman like (laughs) bust up his apartment and finally his fight or flight was probably fighting each other for Mm -hmm. a second and he's Mm -hmm. like stop right there i'm going to call the cops but she's got other ideas she pulls out her gun again and she's aiming it at him after he's already got 911 on the phone oh sylvia listen i'm supportive in your firm boundaries and how you like to enforce them. <laughs> but, but, yes. but you don't always got to choose violence, girl. Right. Sylvia did not get Marilyn Monroe's memo that diamonds are a girl's best friend because she is all about her gun. Mm-hmm. So she shoots Ronnie, Ronnie robs his dead body, drops her gun. On can her we, own picture. Can Sorry. we just t- take a moment to talk about how many crime 101 no-nos that she made here? There's a lot of, yeah. Like, her fingerprints ever. She didn't wipe shit down. You know, she made no effort to, like, get on one, you know, call 911 and be like, oh, no, someone has shot my boyfriend. Nothing to well, cover she, her tracks. 911 is already on the phone, too. Yeah, she made no effort to cover her tracks at all. She was just so hyper-focused. Mm-hmm. On gotta get this money, gotta get my beauty back. She even calls herself out at the end because after she shoots him and he's like super dead. Yeah. And he, you know, he was still asking her like, who are you? And she's like, don't you recognize me, lover? I'm the girl of your dreams. (laughs) The old hag of his dreams. Uh, Nightmares. Dreams are nightmares. Nightmares are dreams. There we go. So she gets to the pawn shop, but it is now closed. So she breaks in and sneaks in through the back. And while snooping, she finds the bust of her face. And the restored corpse of Trixie the Bride. Mm-hmm. Joe is extremely proud of himself. He's like, I did it. I brought my Trixie back. Uh, the other thing I want to know is, so this magic that he did, does it bring her back? Or is she just a corpse and it's he getting, um... Yeah, because you, know I mean? I, I mean, you never see... Tr- the, the bride never comes back to life. She just no longer looks like a shriveled up corpse, which just leads to a lot of questions that I really don't know if I want answered. Joe, what what are your plans with your Trixie now? I... Uh, Gross. 
So gross. So she's begging for her beauty back, but now she finds out she's wanted for murder. Dun dun. Oh yeah, Joe's like, sure, I can bring your beauty back, but are you positive that's what you want to do? And that newspaper must have gotten like super printed. So Mr. Price must have been like the Batman of this city. Right? Because yeah, it's it's right there on the front page, you know, that she's wanted for his murder, that, you know, she's going to get the death penalty when they catch her. So she now has a choice to make. If she gets her face back, she'll surely be caught and sentenced to fry. Or she can remain an old crone. Now, when you say sentenced to fry, does that mean Niles comes back for an episode? Is this an alternative timeline? The uh, front door opens again. And one more time, we meet the officer whose name is Mac. And Joe comes out there and they're talking about the newspaper. And Mac's like, yeah, with a face like that, who needs brains? So even then, if she, like you said, decides to be like, no, I want my face back, she's going to get arrested like then. Yeah, she's her face has been widely circulated. So she runs off with her face, she bumps into Raven, who doesn't recognize her, and she drops the bust, it shatters into a million pieces. And all her beauty is gone. Yes. And her friendship with Raven. Goodbye. Sorry, Raven. We still love you here at Camp Creep. Hashtag Team Raven. (laughs) Then we go back to the crypt. He's doing his own beauty thing. You know, he's been asleep for a really long time. He's got some, like, uh, dark decay spots on his face. I would just like to critique, gently critique the Crypt Keeper's skincare routine here. Uh, I noted that he was using Acme Acne Cream. <laughs> and frankly, acne creams can be quite drying. I think I think the Crypt Keeper is dry enough. I would go with mm-hmm. a nice, like, decadent moisturizer. I think, you know, getting some moisture back to that face. Basically, know? what we're saying is, hey, Crypt Keeper, do you want to come have a spa day with me and Tish? <gasps> spa day with the Crypt Keeper. I'm yeah. on board. Yes, I would love that. We'll have cucumbers on our eyes. Yes. Oh, it'll be a tasty snack for later. <laughs> and that was Only Sin Deep. That's the fourth episode. There's only two episodes left of this season. Mm-hmm. But before we get to there, we do have a couple of things to discuss, including your favorite segment. Who's that ghoul? <laughs> We're going to have theme music one day for this. Yeah. Hey Earthlings! If you enjoyed today's discussion on special effects, you can find my work at spongesfx.com or on social media at spongesfx. On August 1st, I'll be starting Project World Builder, a 365-day endeavor in building my portfolio and losing my sanity. At the end, I'm hoping to get my dream job, so come join me on the journey on social media or go to projectworldbuilder.com. So, who's that ghoul? So this episode was directed by Howard Deutsch. He is very famous for directing 80s classics such as Pretty in Pink, The Great Outdoors, a John Candy classic, and Grumpier Old Men, the sequel to Grumpy Old Men. (laughs) Listen, Grumpy Old Men is a classic. Don't judge me. I I haven't uh, honestly seen any of those. I think I've seen parts of Pretty in Pink. I'm going to be honest. I'm a really bad 80s kid, and I have never seen Pretty in Pink. Even though I know what happens in it, because you kind of couldn't live through the 80s without knowing the plot of Pretty in Pink. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen every John Candy movie in existence, so... 
obviously I've seen The Great Outdoors. Grumpier old men, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact, Howard is married to Leah Thompson. That lucky bastard. Right? And it made her love scene with the gentleman who played Ronnie, played by Brett Cullen, very awkward. One, because she's really good friends with Brett. Mm-hmm. And two, her husband is directing her sex scene. Maybe that's why it was so ridiculous. <laughs> So very awkward. I'm sure he was very, very much enjoying how much she was not enjoying that sex scene. And then we have Leah Thompson, a.k.a. Sylvia Vane. (sighs) Leah Thompson. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you if you don't know who Leah Thompson is. Leah Thompson got her career with Jaws 3D. 3D? Yeah, it's Jaws 3, but it's in 3D. It is a... It's a terrible movie, but a wonderfully terrible movie. I love the whole Jaws franchise. Uh, she was also in Red Dawn. She was in all three Back to the Future movies. There's only three? Yeah. I really thought there were like five. <laughs> nope, there's three. Well. It ends with, I mean, there's a video game that takes, that furthers the story, but um, and she was also in Howard the Duck. I have seen Howard the Duck, I... and I am only picturing the weird ass sex scene right now. Yep. My fun fact about Leah Thompson is that Leah Thompson in the beginning of her career, did 22 Burger King commercials. 20? Like, what? Yeah, Leah Thompson did 22 Burger King commercials at the beginning of her career, including, apparently, a very popular one. It was a Christmas commercial that also starred Elizabeth Shue and Sarah Michelle Gellar. (gasps) You know how I feel about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, oh, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, it was in 1983 that she did that. I will not reveal how, whether or not I existed at that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we have Britt Leach, who played the pawnbroker. He's... Very well known for Silent Night, Deadly Night, The Last Starfighter, Weird Science, 80s classics, all mm. of them. Also, The Great Outdoors. Oh, um, sensing he, a trend here. Yeah, he quit acting in the early 90s. And then after that, he published some magazine and writes poetry, apparently. Oh, that's uh, really lovely. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It? I was like, that's the life. His little fun fact is that he once shared an apartment with Jim Morrison of The Doors. What? Yeah. Then we have Brett Cullen, who played Ronnie. Um, and those of you in the nerd realm will uh, know him as Barton Blaze in Ghost Rider. And he also played Thomas Wayne in Joker. The new Joker? The one that just came out like yeah, a year or two yeah, ago? Okay, yeah, with, I, I yeah. have seen that. I guess yes. we're all on a list now because we've seen it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he, he has lots of re- he has had a lot of reoccurring roles on television, including Lost, Desperate Housewives, the West Wing, Ugly Betty, Damages, The Blacklist. His fun fact, he was in a meatloaf video. Would he do anything for love? <laughs> but he won't do... Won't do that. Mm. <laughs> and then finally, my favorite, I stand a queen, Pamela DePella, a.k.a. Raven. Ooh, what else is she in? So she had reoccurring roles on The Bold and the Beautiful and The Young and the Restless. She played a teacher in Superbad and she seemed to kind of stop acting in 2012. It truly is a shame she didn't have a bigger career. She won all kinds of acting awards, you know, as a student in high school. She studied acting in multiple prestigious programs in college. Uh, she seemed like a rising star. But it's not all doom and gloom because after she kind of wrapped up her acting career, she started a career as an audiobook performer. Oh, okay. Is there a list on what she's audio 
booked, narrated. I that's could the word. not find that. That, that was not included in IMDb, but I plan on looking it up because I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, she is a professional Afro-Arabian belly dancer who performs under the name Dangerous with a Z. Okay. All right. Again. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole with you. I was like, I feel connected to you already just based on your character. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Can we be friends? Find her social media and we'll reach out, send her this episode and be like, we really, really, really like you. Pamela, if you're listening, I thought your performance was amazing as Raven. You stole the show. I think you're incredibly talented. I think you deserve more credit than you got. Uh, Be my friend. And that wraps up me stalking celebrities. I love it. All right. So after all that, Mm -hmm. did you like this episode? I did. You know, it wasn't like... Tip, it wasn't, you know, soup, it wasn't very like horror heavy, mm-hmm. but it had a really, I, I love a good morality tale and I love it when somebody gets their comeuppance. Oh, yes. I also really liked this episode. The parts that made me the happiest, I think, was the score for it. Yes. The music covers up the gunshots a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. it blended into whatever the like tempo was or whatever. When she goes to the fancy party, the way the music sounds, like, I don't know what instrument that is or if it was a special effect or, mm. I'm sorry, a sound effect, but it sounded like a cat growling because she was on the prowl. Nice. It, yeah. It made me so happy. Yeah. Uh, the creepy music anytime Joe the pawn shop guy showed up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very well done episode. Good acting, good writing, good direction all around. Two severed thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I would even find some extra thumbs for this episode. <laughs> if only I knew where. So when this episode comes out, it's going to be June 8th, which means don't forget that tomorrow is Fearful Friday. It's on our Instagram at Camp Creek Podcast. It's a free game of horror trivia. We'll have prizes for the winners, including merch and, ooh, maybe a shout out on a future episode. That's tomorrow. Friday, June 9th at 8 p.m. Thank you for listening to Camp Creep. Our theme music was created by Steve O'Dockerson. Our logo was designed by Tish Delano. The show is produced by Lauren Jewell and Tish Delano and edited by Lauren Jewell. You can support the show by subscribing to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Creep Creep it it real. real.